Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee and our good friend Kenny. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Renee? We're so happy to have you back. Last week, I was like a fish out of water trying to do (laughs) the intro. (laughs) It just wasn't the same without you. I mean, I know you chimed in later in the show, but we missed you. Yeah, well, I had faith in the both of you, and I I knew that y'all could get it through even without my presence, and it felt so good. To come back and know that I was going to be on this episode this week. Because I certainly did miss you guys too, man. And uh, it's always nice to be missed. I think we all like to be missed every once in a while. But uh, I don't like to miss shows like that so often. Because uh, I really look forward to uh, talking with you guys. And and making sure that our listeners get a really good show. You were missed. So what did you do this weekend? Well, actually, if you can tell us really quickly what you did last weekend, I think I covered why you were missing, but in your own words, you can bring us up to speed for last week as well as this week, and then Kenny can tell us what he's up to, I can tell you guys what I'm up to, and then we can jump into some NASCAR talk, because we have a lot to talk about that Watkins Glen. It was a lot of dust-ups, a lot of bumping, a lot of tempers flaring. Yeah. No fists were thrown, though. That's the only bad thing. Uh, not that I am a supporter of violence, but <laughs> no, I saw a finger pointing, a pointed finger, rather, from Jimmy Johnson, but Renee, yeah. go ahead. Well, okay, uh, I'll start from last week, and uh, I was in Seattle. Uh, it was a very productive weekend all the way around. I, I uh, started off the uh, weekend on Friday just uh, doing a show, trying to get into uh, a comedy club there in Seattle. I've never been to Seattle before, so this was my first time there, you guys. It's a really beautiful city. I have to tell you, it's a really beautiful city. I don't know if I could live there on a regular basis, but I really did enjoy my time there. And it is definitely a city that I would recommend. And it's definitely a city I would love to go back and perform at. Saturday, I ended up going with some other friends of mine to a festival out there at a venue called the Gorge Amphitheater. And I'm going to tell you guys, just like I said last week, if you ever get a chance to go to this venue, it's called The Gorge. It's about like two hours away outside of Seattle. It's in the middle of nowhere. But there's a reason why it's called The Gorge because it is absolutely gorgeous. It's breathtaking. And it's a outside venue. And I don't care who you see. I care less if it's John Cougar Mellencamp. Go out there and see somebody at this venue. It is absolutely breathtaking. A Sunday and Monday, I got to enjoy the city by itself. And then I came back on Monday, went straight back to work. I don't know how I do this, but I do it. And if you guys follow me on Instagram and my stories, and I think I've heard Kenny say this before, but he's like, man, I get exhausted just watching Renee's Instagram stories. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you, Kenny. It's just one of these things. I've always been this way my entire life. I've always been on the go. If You know what? If I had my mom... On the show today, I think she would agree with me saying that ever since that I was a child, I just was always on the go and it's still, it's still part of my everyday life, even at the the tender age of 46. And I'm going to tell you, I had a wonderful weekend last weekend and this weekend was uh, very much laid back and relaxed compared to my normal weekends, but I did uh, get to uh, go around, uh, just around town around here, uh, with some friends of mine to catch up. A couple of birthdays uh, and a couple of uh, baptism parties uh, that I had to go to. 
But it was really nice to uh, catch up with friends and, and family as well because my parents were visiting in town from Texas and they left today on their way to Vegas for a couple of days before they head back to Texas. And that was pretty much my two weeks wrapped up. How about you guys? Well, I have a quick question before Kenny shares his weekend. Yeah. What's a baptism party? Um, a baptism just, it's more like a, like a get together where the, in the Catholic religion where, especially in the Latino, <laughs> especially in the Latin, Latino community, we get together for the baptism and then, uh, we all get together at, it's usually the, the parents, uh, who have the, the children baptized. It's usually oh, the parents. Oh, ba- yeah, yeah. okay. It's I know what house. being baptized is, but I didn't know there was a baptism party. Okay. Yeah. There, yeah. There's always an after party, especially in the Latino community. We like to get together at the parents' house and, um, drink beer and uh, have a good time and cook and eat a lot of food. <laughs> Got it. So, Kenny, how was your weekend? My weekend was relatively laid back. I did go go-karting again. All right. Usually do that like at least once a month, try and get my fix in. And ironically enough, we had this Watkins Glen weekend. A guy actually almost got into a fight with a dude because he wrecked him on Friday. So I guess it was right. It was right on time and it was perfect timing at that. So got a fight there. Saw almost had a fight there. And that was pretty crazy, but for the most part, it's been pretty laid back, just getting ready for Miami this week. So it's going to be a relatively busy week from Monday through next Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yes. If you guys don't recall, I'm sure you do, but last week, Kenny announced that he is going to be speaking at a conference. It's his first time speaking. He's going to be talking about social media. So make sure you guys stay tuned to his Twitter account because I'm sure he's going to update you with all that's going on down in Miami. Right, Kenny? Absolutely. So I'll make sure I post pictures and I'll also get somebody to record the panel. So like I'll probably upload a couple of the highlights so y'all can see that in another realm, not in the ass front row Kenny room. So it'll be a little different, but I'm super excited though. I'm really thankful for the opportunity. So It'll be fun. And I also haven't been to Miami in a long time. And there'll be a lot of people I know there looking for a good professional and non-professional time. <laughs> great. My weekend was pretty great. I toyed with the idea of going to this concert. But to be quite honest, I was like, I don't want to spend that kind of money because I couldn't go to the concert and not be in the front row or at least in the first 10 rows. So I decided not to go. And on Friday at 5.15, my friend was like, hey, be at my house at 6.45. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, my sister can't make it to the concert. I was like, you have said nothing. I'm on my way home. Literally, I bathed, got dressed, did my hair, all that great stuff, jumped in a car and got to his house exactly at 6.50. I was still five minutes late, but hey. And I went to go see Fishbone. If you guys aren't familiar with Fishbone, they are a, it's kind of hard to describe them because they're more of a punk rock metal band, but not. Well, I'm familiar with with Fishbone, Tam, and uh, I didn't realize that they still uh, were performing, but that's awesome. Uh, they're, They're really an old school, awesome group. Yeah, here's the ironic thing is I first saw Fishbone well, I won't say how long ago because I'm going to date myself, but yeah, it's been two decades. Yeah, it's been two decades when I first saw Fishbone. So I'll leave it at that. But they were the opening act for George Clinton in Parliament. Hey. 
Nothing but the dog in me. Whew. That's right. <laughs> oh my God, it was crazy. If you okay, you have to Google Fishbone and find them on YouTube to understand how their shows are. So I w- literally was up the entire time during their show. Lee Singer, he comes in the audience. He literally walks the rows of chairs all the way, like 20 rows back. So it's like bananas. When they went off stage, it took George Clinton in Parliament maybe 10 minutes to get set up. And then I was back on my feet. And when I tell you, afterwards, we decided to go eat. And we were like, dude, I'm still on a high. Like, you were still in your head singing a song. It took me a whole day to recover from that because on the next day, which was the Saturday, I, I'm not like Renee. I don't have it in me to go hard like that. <laughs> so I had to take about 100 naps and I'm still not right. But hey, <laughs> I'm so not right. And this is we're going to talk about some NASCAR. I'm still not right to the point where the NASCAR race, let's see, it was nine. No, it was eight laps to go. And I fell asleep. I knew Chase Elliott was going to win, but I just could not handle it. I was like, I got to close my eyes. So let's see. I'm still recovering (laughs) Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But that being said, Chase Elliott is your winner for Watkins Glen for the go bowling at the Glen. Kudos to the young boy. So that's his sixth win right now. That is his his fifth win. Yeah, fifth cup win. Sixth. Is it his fifth, fifth or six? You said six. No, that's his fifth. Okay, so that's his fifth cup win. So he won three last year and two this year, right? Yep. What was sure the other did. race he won this year? Talladega, which was pretty wild. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, so Chase Elliott won his fifth cup race this weekend at Watkins Glen. Martin Truex Jr. did his damnness to try to chase Chase down, but it just didn't happen. Denny Hamlin, boy, I'm telling you, that's why I picked Denny Hamlin. To win the championship because why everybody else is taking a page from Denny's old book. And when I say taking a page, I mean, you know, Denny always gets into it with everybody. But this year he's been kind of, hey, you know what? I'm going to let y'all do all that. And I'm just going to keep going out and getting top fives. He came in third at Watkins Glen. Eric Jones, because at this point, and I think we will talk about that a little later, or talk about it a little later, Eric Jones is fighting for his ride. Yeah. Quietly. Well, not quietly, because it seems as if people are sounding off about it, and we'll touch bases on that in a bit. But he came in fourth. Ryan Blaney came in fifth, which is interesting because he had a dust-up with Jimmy Johnson. Matt DiBettadetto came in sixth. Top ten for Matt. Great for the burrito. Kevin Harvick, seventh. Kyle Larson, eighth. Brad Kozlowski, ninth. And Kurt Busch came in tenth. Notables. Kyle Busch came in 11th after getting into it with William Byron and Bubba Wallace. Jimmy Johnson came in 17th. And he really needed to come in at least top five, because he's on that bubble for the last playoff spot, if the playoffs started today. And Bubba Wallace, who had a lot to say, I don't even know if that's an understatement. He ran his mouth. I don't even know if I should say he ran his mouth. He spoke his mind. Let's just say that. He came in 28. If the playoffs started today, Kyle Busch, who has four wins, is in. 
Joy Logano is in with two wins. Kevin Harvick has one. He's in. Denny Hamlin has three wins. He's in. Truex Jr. has four wins tied with Kyle Busch. He's in. Brad Keselowski, who is tied with Denny Hamlin for three wins this season. He's in. Kurt Busch got that one win and he's in. Chase Elliott, who now has two wins after Watkins Glen, he would be in the eighth spot. Eric Amarola, who doesn't have a win, but his points will help him get in the playoffs. He's in ninth. Ryan Blaney, or is that Ryan Newman in 10th? I always do this. Is it Ryan Blaney or is it Ryan Newman? Somebody check really quick. That should be Blaney. Okay, so while you guys checking, I'll read off the rest. Alex Bowman, who got a win. Yes, we were so excited for him. He would be in the 11th spot. William Byron, based on points, would be in the 12th spot. Eric Jones would be in 13th. Kyle Larson, 14th. Clint Boyer, who is struggling as of late, would get the 15th spot. And Jimmy Johnson would get the 16th spot. But as I just stated, he's struggling as well. So he needs to either win and get in. Or he has to come in top five the next four races before the playoffs. That is your up-to-date playoff picture. Let's jump back into some Watkins Glen's talk and talk about... Who do we want to talk about first? Which dust-up? Oh, wait. Did you guys check to see was it Ryan Blaney or Ryan Newman who was in the playoffs? Ryan Ryan Blaney is in the playoffs if it ended today. Ryan Newman is on, on the outside looking in. Okay, so actually, because Ryan Newman, I think, is in a 17th spot knocking on Jimmy Johnson's door, right? Yep, it is at the bottom three is Johnson, Jones, Boyer, if it ended today. If they ended today and they didn't make it, it would be Ryan Newman, Daniel Suarez, Paul Menard, and et cetera. Okay, well, let's talk about Jimmy and Blaney first. Who wants to chime in? I'll start off with that since Jimmy is my, my man here. First and foremost, as far as that whole incident is concerned, and I, and I don't know how, how you guys saw it, Tam and Kenny, but I was in agreement with Jimmy on this one. I thought the move, I thought he ran through Jimmy. Uh, me personally, I, I thought it was a shitty move, to be honest with you. And I, I don't mean to go there, but I, I really thought that that could have been avoided. Um, and I think the best thing out of this whole uh, ordeal was how, and and I think we can expect this from Jimmy, though, the way he handled it, the way he just came at him, not not overly aggressive, you know, not like a Denny Hamlin or a Kyle Bush would have, but he went straight up to him and he just kind of just kind of like gave him a finger and and he was talking to him stern. You know, you know what it almost reminded me of when I talk to my son sometimes where I'm like, why would you do something like that? And it's like I'm looking at him trying to get him to uh, give me a. A good enough excuse of why he did what he did, but nothing is going to be good enough for me to listen to. And that's what it reminded me of, uh, just a father chastising his son. And it it was kind of funny to me for a moment, but then I, but I understood why Jimmy was upset, but he was, he was absolutely right. I mean, under the implications, he's trying to get in to the, uh, to the playoff. He's trying to do everything he can. He knows he either needs to win or get the points that he needs to stay in in contention to get into the playoffs. And, um, you know, and then the best thing uh, out of that whole thing was at the very end when he said, he said it was just racing, but you know what? Uh, I can't wait to race. Stay tuned. And then just walked off. I mean, he literally mic dropped it and then just walked off. It, it, it was absolutely fantastic. I will say off the jump, too bad Bristol isn't next week because I feel like Bristol would have been 
off the chain. If it proceeded right after this week instead of going to Michigan, man, that probably would be pretty crazy. And then again, still wouldn't count it out. However, I thought Blaney didn't give him a ton of room going into turn five. And if if you get into that spot now and it's two cars, either you're going to get loose or someone's going to get into you because of all the momentum. And that's exactly what happened. He tagged him and he sent him into the tire barrier. And that was all she wrote for that accident. So I think Jimmy Johnson has every right in the world to be mad. Now, just on the lines of because Blaney is already pretty much good to the go to get into the playoffs, pretty much a lock at this point. I get it. But at the end of the day, they're both running a race, same time. Johnson can be mad. Now, the question is, is he going to race him any, any more difficult, especially coming to Michigan? where especially on those restarts where you're going to all be bunched up next week is he going to give him room is he going to bump him out the way is he not going to give him a line or is he going to push him out of line just to get get a good position on a restart because in 2019 that's been the key track position is the most important thing unfortunately in its own way but you have those things happening and i think next week you may see him do something i'm not 100% sure Are you he's not about a, jimmy do something in retaliation to blaney is that what you're saying no what i'm saying what i'm saying is he not he, he's not going to wreck him i highly doubt he's going to wreck yeah, him yeah because we know jimmy proved once again he's a lover not a fighter i'll if say that race him been hard Clint boyer Kyle bush or anybody if you get out and you go up to somebody you got to do it the way who was that, Daniel and um, who was that the, uh, earlier this season? Daniel and Michael McDowell when they got into a fight. Yeah, that's the way you got to do it. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Again, if it was, I a, short, if it was a short track fighting. next week, maybe I say that. Yeah, but Jimmy is never gonna do that. I'm gonna always go back to the time where Kevin Harvick and Delaney Harvick came to his trailer, and and Jimmy was like, "Let's talk." What is Delaney? You come to my home. This is fighting times. But go ahead, Kenny. I'm sorry. I just got a little hyped. I just had to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. But um, I think he, he may race him hard. I don't think wreck him, just like you said. I doubt he'll wreck him, but race him a little bit harder. Maybe that. Who has Jimmy so, ever raced hard? Please explain. Jog my memory. Uh, I don't know. This Okay, that's guy. it. No, 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 no. Wait. <laughs> no, wait. No, listen. This guy, not sure if you've ever heard of him. At a point in his career, those two would go at it pretty often. This guy named Jeff Gordon. I'm pretty sure they raced each other pretty hard for teammates. I'm pretty sure of that. When was this? When was this? This definitely happened in the latter half of Gordon's career. They battled several times at different tracks. I'm not saying they're going to wreck. They never wrecked each other, but they raced each other hard. You don't have to wreck somebody to race hard. Your definition of racing hard and my definition is two different things. My but definition that... of racing hard is kind of what we saw with Blaney, or actually not Blaney, kind of what we saw with Chase and Martin Truex towards the, not towards the end, but they exchanged some paint. That's racing hard to me. They've raced hard at a point. Like to the point where I will wreck you if you don't even though the to, Even though today none of that was going to be possible anyway. None of that was going to happen. It could. It was literally impossible for them to get what they got last year when Truex and Chase raced each other. It was impossible for that to happen. It won't happen. And it's not their fault either. It's just like when they talked about it, they mentioned that, true. at least Truex mentioned that he couldn't catch him. And I don't even think it came down to the fact that he had the fastest car either. 
the cars are so damn aero-sensitive. You can't catch anybody like that. Like Saturday, Austin Sendrick and A.J. Allmendinger. The only reason why Austin Sendrick had a chance was because those cars are much, much different for the right reason. You aren't going to see that today. That's just what it is. It's not. It's none of their faults either. Getting to some real racing hard, bumping and grinding. I'll throw a fist at you. Let's talk about Kyle Busch and Byron and Kyle Busch and Bubba. Boy, Kyle Busch had himself a day. Didn't he? He got into it with everybody. <laughs> Let's talk about Kyle Busch and William Byron first. It went down to the point where even Mr. H has something to say. Yeah, I thought it was interesting what he said. And Mr. H is one hell of a competitor. And he said he probably would have told Chad Knauss the same thing he told William Byron, which was to retaliate. Even though I personally don't think William Byron should have wrecked his own car for the sake of that too early. He did that way too early, in my opinion. But I get it, though. He doesn't want to get pushed around. Young Bull don't want to get messed around by the veterans. So I totally understand it. Hey, at the beginning, I was like, what is happening? But then for Kyle Busch, because wait, which which one happened first? He got into it with William Byron first, and then it was Bubba. And then Bubba was like, look, I don't have time for this. I'm going to just show you how I get down. And he just spent him, period, in the discussion. Mm-hmm. The crowd was cheering, though, which is crazy. Like, <laughs> I felt that it's because it was Kyle Busch, everybody was happy. 100%. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that, too. Yeah, but on the flip side, let me see if I can pull up that comment really quick. I kind of felt bad because there was a comment on Twitter, Jordan Bianchi, and he is now, and I think I always mispronounce Jordan's name, forgive me, but Jordan is now at The Athletic. If you guys remember, Jordan used to write for SB Nation, and then he was laid off when they pretty much got rid of their motorsports coverage and now he's over at the athletic with jeff glutt he posted and this was a direct quote from kyle bush i don't know how bubba wallace still gets the race if i had done that i'd be part i don't know how he still gets the race and he's referring to bubba wallace if i had done that i'd be part that was a direct quote from kyle bush i don't know i get what Bubba's whole complaint was is that he wasn't going to let anybody push him around. But then on the flip side, dude, he just took him out. It was no ifs, ands, and buts. It wasn't no mistake. It was like, look, I'm going to dump yo. You know what? Do you guys agree with the way Bubba handled it? Like, whose side are you on in this? I'm going to say this is... Honestly, I can stay neutral on this because what Kyle Bush said, he's not, I don't think he's wrong in what he said. Because if you go back in history for anybody who's been watching NASCAR long enough that listens, 2011, Kyle Bush wrecked Ron Hornaday in the truck series, which also affected his championship that year. He got fined 50 grand and got parked for the remainder of that weekend at Texas. And that was in the fall race of Texas in that year. And he got parked for it. Surprisingly, nothing happened. No black flag, no nothing. They didn't say anything. So I'm just like, okay. I'm actually, I was actually kind of shocked, quite frankly. I was pretty shocked that nothing happened. But I guess, I mean, hey, I guess for the entertainment's sake, that's interesting. 
You don't see stuff like that happen too often. The ironic thing is Kyle Busch still managed to finish fine without a problem. I think Bubba finished maybe like 15 or 16 positions behind him. So didn't affect his day as much. But I think if it came down to like championship or if he was either on the brink of making the playoffs or not making the playoffs, maybe they would have did something. But because he's already locked in, he's good to go. He's got four wins. He's as good to the go as they need to be. So I don't know. What do you think, Renee? I'm not sure whose uh, side I'm taking here on this particular one, but I am going to stick with the entertainment value. For the entertainment value, I I thought this was uh, just fantastic, and and I'm going to go on Team Bubba on this one as far as entertainment purposes, because I thought it made for, uh, and Watkins Glen is not one of my favorites, but I thought all this entire thing with Kyle and and Bubba and uh, the Jimmy and Blaney and and, and Kyle... I thought it made the the race a little bit more interesting, and it, it actually kept my attention. I didn't fall asleep with four laps to go, like Tam. But well, it was really seven <laughs> laps to go. But go oh, ahead. Is that what it was? <laughs> but I mean, there were some moments where I, w- I was dozing off. But I like the fact that Bubba, being in that position, he didn't back down. He didn't back down, especially uh, from a guy like Kyle Busch, uh, who's very intimidating behind that wheel and on the track and be very aggressive, obviously, as we know. I was really glad to see that Bubba held his ground. Like Tam said earlier, you know, he wasn't taking no mess from nobody today, and he was going to make a statement. And you know what? I think Bubba needs to do this. I think he needs to do this a little bit more, where he needs to um, not not be overly aggressive, where now you're starting to uh, make bonehead mistakes, and then it's not racing anymore. I think that Bubba needs to continue to do something like this on a regular basis where he's not going to take any more mess from anybody else. And it might help him, I don't know, do a little bit better, maybe motivate him to want to push himself and his team to do a little bit better down this home stretch going into the playoffs. Now, whether he makes the playoff or not, I don't know, but maybe he can use this kind of uh, attitude towards uh, maybe going into next year and he can build on something. But but it was good to see from Bubba. It was good to see Bubba hold his ground, especially against Kyle Busch. And one more quick note. This is why you love to hate Kyle Busch. He, he was getting into it with two different drivers all day. And he still, I mean, not that he won the race, but but he was he was still hanging in there. He was he was spun out. He turned around, got bumped, and he still, he was still, still in the game. It just, that, that's Kyle Busch. Well, Renee, you said something interesting. You, you mentioned attitude. Does Bubba have an attitude problem? Because he has, I don't want to get all super technical, but we know he has a tremendous amount of weight that he has mm-hmm. on his shoulders. Being the only African-American driver dealing with, I can only imagine the racism, the comments, and the BS that is on his Twitter, Instagram comments, and all that. But Bubba is kind of in it with everybody. I mean, he was in it with Daniel Suarez last week. Now, granted, they tried to blow it off like, oh, they're still friends, but it, it was some, it was a dust-up. Let's not deny that it wasn't. Interesting enough, somebody must have posted something on Snapchat and. Bubba took to Twitter shortly after the race and he wrote, ha, 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 this guy on Snapchat, and he shouted out the guy's name, says, first you wreck yourself, then you wreck KB, as in Kyle Bush. And then he says, go hang yourself. And then in response, Bubba says, 
My man put the eggplant emoji over his face, jokes on him. And then he puts a crying face because he did actually Bubba posted the guy's photo and it was the eggplant emoji, which is the purple eggplant thing, (laughs) the purple eggplant thing. He put it on top and covered his face. You know, social media gangsters don't really want to show their face type thing. But, you know, you think about that was just the comment that he chose to post. Could you guys really take a moment to imagine what type of comments that Bubba's getting, especially because we know and not to go there, but NASCAR, not all fans and clearly not our fans are friends to the show, as I always like to say. But, you know, there's some not so nice people who who don't believe he should be driving. I'm just going to leave it at that. But you can read in between the lines of what we're really saying or what I'm saying. I don't want to speak for you guys, but for what I'm saying as a person, a brown person, if you can say that. I guess, hell, everybody on this podcast is a brown person, but (laughs) I don't really know. It's a fine line because I don't want to say Bubba has an attitude, but... He is in it with everybody. You guys can chime in on that. If not, we can move on to Eric Jones' future, because I do want to talk about that. Okay, we can get into that. Okay. Kenny, did you want to add anything to Bubba? No. Um, What I do want to do is talk about the um, Eric Jones stuff. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, let's jump into it. There was some comments about... And I actually, let me just pull it up because, you know, sometimes when we are at a ra- at a track like Watkins Glen after the race, I like to dig into the NASCAR Reddit board to see what the fans are talking about. And one fan posted, Air Jones with his four straight top five, yet majority will still want him booted for bail. And that's Christopher Bill, because all the chatter has been whether or not Christopher Bill will take Eric Jones' car next year, which is mind-boggling, but it's a possibility and it's on the table. In response to that commenter's comment, I'll just read one, two, or three (laughs) comments. One person said he could win three races from here on out and he'd still be booted. Gibbs does this with young drivers. He gets enamored with them and then boots them three years in. Another commenter wrote, Gibbs does this with drivers in general. He booted Kenseth, as in Matt Kenseth, the, the quiet assassin. assassin. We miss you, Matt Kenseth. So he says he booted Kenseth, who got like 20 wins with him three years for Eric. Another person chimed in and said, so he's the PDD of NASCAR, LOL. I don't know if that's an accurate statement in regards to Puffy. As in P. Diddy, Sean Puffy Combs, whatever you refer to him as. But I thought it was funny nonetheless. Kenny, I know you have something to say. Go ahead. Yeah, so the Eric Jones thing. Now, in regards to one of those comments, I don't know about that. If he wins three races by the end of the season, whether he gets the boot or not, I don't think it's to that extreme level. I get everyone wants to compare the the Kenseth situation, but that was a whole nother dynamic involved with that and the way that even happened. So I think that comment is also null and void. But Eric Jones has has done fine this season. 
I don't think he just hasn't won yet. He's got eight top fives and 12 top tens. He's had a solid season in that regard. But I know everyone wants Christopher Bell to make the jump so quickly. Reminder that he's 23 years old, right? And I think this also falls into the category of we've gotten so used to the youth coming up so fast that everyone is just ready for Bell to jump. And I know he's doing really good in Xfinity. I'm not dismissing that whatsoever. But here's what may happen. Let's just say he gets up and he's in the same position as Eric Jones, per se. What if he does the same exact thing? Because making the jump from Xfinity to Cup doesn't always translate in either instant success, success in two years, success in three years. It doesn't always work that way. There's a lot of variables that go in between that. And I don't think Eric Jones is the one that's the most at threat. I would probably say the feeder team, which is Levine Family Racing with Matt DiBenedetto and that 95 team. I think maybe what may happen so Toyota can keep Christopher Bell so they don't lose him, they may move him out. People are also forgetting that Matt DiBenedetto only has a year contract. That contract ends at the end of this year. So what could possibly happen in my eyes, which I think is more realistic than Eric Jones, who has been talked about constantly these past couple of weeks that he's been working on a contract, I feel as Christopher Bell will probably be in that 95 before he's in that 20, as if we're talking soon as next year. That's just my thought process. I think that's how that'll end up working. But I mean, hey, he'll get there at some point, but it'll be funny if he doesn't do as well and then people are going to be up in arms once again. I don't have anything to add to what you just said. that was well said, Kenny, for all three of us. (laughs) Other than I don't like the way Matt Kenseth was outed, but such as NASCAR, I guess. Nature of the game, unfortunately. Yeah, true. That is it. I don't think there's anything left for us to talk about. And I just did the fan comment of the week. So I guess, can we talk about some predictions? We are headed to Michigan. Super Speedway racing, baby. Uh-oh. So let's talk about some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Renee, who you got for Michigan? Okay, so we are in Michigan this weekend coming up. All right, so I'm going to go back and I was thinking about maybe going with a specific driver, but I'm going to change my tune here a little bit. I was actually going to go with Kevin Harvick this coming weekend, but I'm actually going to change my tune. And believe it or not, I think I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski this weekend. And we mentioned his name earlier as far as like who's got how many wins and who's in, who's out. And we haven't had Brad any of our news and stories lately. And I think he's overdue. I can see Brad Keselowski in victory lane this coming weekend there. So I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski as uh, my winner. And if I have to have an alternative pick, believe it or not, I think I'm going to go with uh, Chase Elliott as a back-to-back. Uh, so don't be surprised if Chase Elliott goes back-to-back, but I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski as my main winner. Those are my picks, and I'm sticking with them, guys. That's an interesting pick. I don't know if you want to stick with Brad because Brad has not got it done in his home state. And the pressure's always on because that's a Ford, you know, that's Ford country. Yeah. And he never delivers And I wonder if he puts too much pressure on himself, you think? I don't know. You said those were your picks and you're sticking with them, so you cannot change your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny, who you got? All right. Like Renee said, we're heading to Michigan, the rolling Irish Hills. Now, the Brad Keselowski pick for Renee was interesting. Just a small fact to throw in there. 
I don't think any Michigan driver has actually won that race, if I'm not mistaken. For my picks, I'm going to roll with Clint Boyer, who did well in the spring until he got wrecked out. I think he may do well there. He was your winner in 2018 in that rain-shortened race. Um, then, for my alternative pick, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson, who won two back-to-back a few years ago. I think he can do it at Michigan. So, that being said, those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. So, how about you, Tam? Okay, well, I'm picking all your picks apart. <laughs> Look, I guess I'm the <laughs> pick apart or picker today. <laughs> Correction, Kenny. Kyle Larson won three races in a row. I know you said back-to-back because technically he won in 2016 and 2017, but he won three races in a row because he won the second race of the year in 2016 and in 2017 he won both races that's the first thing that i'm gonna pick apart regarding <laughs> your picks and then the second thing was who, who was your pick to win pick to win was clint boyer that was my pick to win yeah do you really think clint boyer has the speed to win at michigan he had the speed last the last race out there about a month ago, and I think... But we're not talking about the last... You're talking about earlier this year or last year? No, I'm talking earlier this year. He did fine. Because what I've seen in the last couple of races, I don't think he has the speed to win in Michigan, but... Well, he I got wrecked out that weekend. That's the thing. He got wrecked out. All the Haas cars were fine that weekend. It was just Penske outdid them. That's it. I'm talking about the last couple of weekends. Oh, you're saying the last couple weekends. No, but yeah, I'm just like, basing, yeah, I'm basing it off of Michigan. Yeah, like, had a top 10 in the last couple of weeks? No, I'm basing it solely off of Michigan. That's what I'm riding on. Okay, well, we're talking about now. Well, that yeah, I'm saying because we're going back to Michigan. That's why. And he's done well at Michigan. He did well. But the last couple of weeks, I haven't seen much from him. And you know, Clint Boyer is my guy. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to him winning the race. I'm just trying to be a little realistic. But hey, those are your picks. You're going to stick to them. Go stick to them. Who do I have? I am actually, well, do you guys want a history lesson or did I just give you one? Okay, really quick. (laughs) Ford won the last three races at Michigan. Clint Boyer, like I said, won in 2018. The first race, Kevin Harvick won the second race in 2018. And Joy Logano won the third race. No, there wasn't a third race. Joy Logano won the race in 2019. Ford has won the last three races prior to that. As I mentioned, Kyle Larson won. He's a Chevy guy. Joy Logano won in 2016, the first race. He's a Ford guy. So saying all that to say, it's been a minute. It's been since 2015 since a Toyota rolled into victory lane. And you want to know who is behind the wheel? Take a guess. Drum roll, please. Mm, Matt Kenseth. I think you looked that up. But yeah, Matt Kenseth was behind the wall in 2015 for the second race at Michigan. And he was our winner. My picks to win at Michigan. I am actually going to go with Chase Elliott because Chase, I believe he's had a couple of polls at Michigan or something. I don't know. I, I, now, this is a fact I don't know. I, I feel like he does. I don't know everything. Don't quote me and don't hold it to me. But Chase Elliott, I think... No, actually, you know what? I'm going to go with Chase Elliott as my alternative. I am actually going to go with the drum roll. 
Kyle Bush to win. He he needs a break. <laughs> Look, he needs to win. <laughs> but then again, I'm like, I don't know. If to, uh, okay, yeah. So those are my picks. Did you guys get that? You you need me to repeat it? Yeah. Just Kyle solidify. Bush is my winner. Chase Elliott is my alternative. That's how it work. There we go. Well, those are our picks. And uh, what say you, fans of all Turns No Breaks? Hit us up on our social media. Like Tam says, across the board at Turns No Breaks. And uh, I will reiterate, please look us up on Apple Podcasts. Please turn on any of your friends that love NASCAR just as much as we do to Apple Podcasts and look us up. All Turns No Breaks for Tam, Kenny, and myself. We look forward to seeing you on another episode of All Turns No Breaks next week. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 